Welcome to the Strategy Mob Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me another episode of Strategy Mob. Today, I have two very special guests. I have the one and only car lady, Ms. Christine Mitchell. You like how I said the one and only there for you? Like I that's like that the original one and only. There we go. <laughs> and then I had the live chat master himself, Mr. John Arnett. Is that a good intro? Was that decent? Should I, I have like been it. playing like some drums in the background, like explosions going off or something? You can add that in post-production. Okay, I'll do that. I'll throw that like a little wildcat, like jumping out of nowhere or something. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> hey guys, for everyone out there that's listening and watching right now and kind of don't know kind of your guys' story or how you kind of got started in the industry, let's kick it off with a couple origin stories. Christina, I'm going to start with you. How did you become the car lady? Hi, Jason. Thanks very much for asking me to be on the show today. I became the car lady quite organically, actually. I got my first job in the lube lane of a dealership when I was 16. I apprenticed at that store and turned a wrench for about 12 years. And while I was working at the dealership, a company came in and started offering car care clinics that General Motors had first, first introduced. And from when I found out I was going to have a daughter, I decided to start my own company and build on that idea and offer what we call Know Your Car Night events. So I've been the car lady now for the last 23 years. And what we do is we go into dealerships and we host Know Your Car Night events for new buyers to introduce them to the service department and after sales seminar. So I've done just about everything in the service department um, from service to now speaking about it. I love the fact that you turn wrenches. Yeah, I got nothing but just mad respect for the people back there. Because you know what? what? What a set of wrenches are worth in my hands is a whole lot of nothing. But a set of wrenches in the right person's hand is, is some magical things can happen. Yeah, you should, you should see me try to work on my own car. Yeah, person that you are, right? Like I can change your brake pads <laughs> in my driveway, but don't ask me to try to make a video about something. <laughs> All right, well, cool. You change the brake pads, I'll do the video. It'll be a perfect relationship. <laughs> hey, John, uh, for yourself, for everybody out there that's watching, listening, and kind of you know, don't know how you got started in the industry, what is the origin story that is John Arnett? Uh, sure. So it's not as cool as uh, the X-Men origin stories or anything, but um, uh, I was actually selling oil and gas products uh, that were kind of virtual staging stuff for Honeywell. Um, and the, the, it was kind of a dot-com boom and everything fell apart and half the company got laid off and I said, oh, what do I do now? And all of a sudden there was, and I've always loved cars, and um, there was an opening at Autodata. And I thought, wow, so it's something I can do with computers and with cars. That's like my dream job. And so, you know, got in, got, got in there and uh, started working with a lot of big OEMs, um, spending a lot of time both sides of the border. And uh, yeah, basically four or five other auto companies, Carproof, Carfax, uh, and now with LivePerson. So um, just uh, has always been a great fit. Now, for everybody out there that's uh, listening and don't know like what LivePerson is, um, can you just give me a brief description just so, so we have some context? What is life person? Yeah, it's, it's even changed in the last year, really. I mean, we used to be, you know, the, the simple way that we would elevator pitch somebody or explain what we do is just to say, you know what, we provide live chat on your websites. That was the old thing, right? Um, and then it's kind of evolved now. We're really primarily an AI company. 
Um, so that's kind of the first piece of things we do. We've developed our own uh, AI engine. Um, our, our CTO uh, actually came over from Amazon. He uh, developed the Alexa program. So, um, you know, he has a little bit of experience in, uh, in AI and things like Just that. Just a little bit, right? <laughs> Just a little bit, yeah. And so uh, he's really transformed the AI side of our business. Um, and that's a big piece now. But, you know, fundamentally, we're still about communicating for the dealerships, communicating for the OEMs, letting customers come in various channels, whether it's like WhatsApp can chat with the dealer. Uh, WeChat can chat with the dealer. Apple Business Chat, like a lot of things people haven't even heard of, and they can use these to connect with the dealer really easily. And um, yeah, basically, especially now, um, it's become very, very useful with, uh, with uh, you know, the trend of trying to buy cars remotely. So, Well, you know, we want, we want our questions answered. We want them answered now. You know, I mean, who wants to wait for a salesperson to get back to them? Um, <laughs> with a half-assed, you know, answered uh, question and uh, a line that says, okay, cool. When do you want to come into the dealership? So, yeah, I think that, you know, as, as an industry, um, you know, we, we need to find new ways to be able to communicate to our clients faster and more effective and consistent, right? I think that what I find with your guys' product and solutions, consistency of those communications. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, I got a quick question to kind of get us started here. Um, what is the current norm for you? What does that look like? Um, I mean, I know for myself, I haven't put shoes on in the last two weeks. And, um, you know, this might sound awkward, but I also don't wear pants. Uh, this is this is all professional up here. There's down there. It's just, you know, I'm at home, man. It's all good. So, um <laughs> That may not be the current norm for you. It is the current norm for me. Um, it is no pant, no pants Wednesday or Thursday. What I don't even know what the day is. That's another kicker, right? Yeah. Who knows what the day is anymore? You seen those memes going around about like what no one actually knows what the hell the day is. <laughs> Christine, I'll start with you. What what's what's your current norm look like for you? Well, after March 13th, obviously, we weren't able to host any more than Know Your Car Nights uh, in the dealership setting. And uh, while it was a blow at the time, we've had to roll with the punches. And so now what my new normal is, uh, is really just sort of keeping um, my communicating with my dealerships, communicating with my team. And now I'm teaching myself because you can teach an old dog some new tricks. I'm teaching myself a lot more about video and about social media and doing Instagram live. And uh, next I'm gonna conquer TikTok. And so I'm trying to keep myself out there on LinkedIn and visible because I have seen so many people go black. Like you just never hear from them again. Everyone is sort of, you know, I think the first bit was a retreat. I know I was in shock. Uh, I had to work so hard to fill my calendar for the full year. It was the first time last month or this month in the company's history we didn't have a show. And so my new normal is continuing to offer services through video by creating video, by creating social media, and continuing to offer education for customers of dealerships on the vehicle they purchased and how to take care of it. So that's my new normal. My new normal is teaching myself how to better communicate virtually. You know, I think I think for a lot of people, that's that's true. I mean, I don't, I don't think in, well, I'll take that back. I mean, there are some people out there that were almost kind of more designed for you know this time period. But you know, even for ourselves, you know, with our business, you know, we've had to do a lot of reinventing. You know, re- really kind of rethink about the products and services that we're going to offer moving forward. So it's it's uh, it's an interesting time. It's very different than the recession. You know, like I remember the recession. 
right? Like before you, I, just, yeah. I told my husband, I said, I used to make money, now I make meals. Um, <laughs> I've had, but my calendar of everything that we're going to have for dinner for the next two weeks. And my, uh, my daughter told me it was because of my type A personality that I had to continue to schedule things um, and be organized. But I'm rolling with the punches and I'm just waiting for the time where I can um, go back into the stores and maybe offer some new services if that's available for me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back on the road myself too. Hey, John, for yourself, you know, what does the current norm look like for you right now? So, um, I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, I guess I'm lucky. Uh, it, it, it busier than I've ever been. Um, and I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah, I mean, there's trends in the industry where things are going up. But one of the biggest things, a lot of my team is, you know, these road, road warrior salespeople um, that, are, that were in dealerships every day, all day. Um, and, you know, I was spending time on a plane, they're spending time in their cars four or five hours a day, uh, where, you know, they're actually only getting three hours of meetings, but now they're getting eight to 10 hours of meetings a day virtually. And so we've got like, we're way busier than ever. We've got crazy contracts coming in. We've got a million customers contacting us every day, just the nature of what we do, you know, um, it's helping them stay selling, so to speak. So, you know, we're seeing now on chat uh the, the the top or messaging is sorry i keep using the, the bad word of chat that's the old style um in messaging we're seeing people still asking you know the first common question now is um is the vehicle still available that's what we saw in the last week second question is uh is your dealership open and then third question is can i remotely test drive the car and that's you think that's a little like john do you think that's a little crazy that like would you have ever thought that in the top three most commonly asked questions one would be are you open right right exactly exactly it's it's so it's very very different um but we're finding you know there's a divide in the industry i think we've had some um dealers who have really embraced this and i was talking to a major dealer group yesterday who said you know what their sales are back to about 80 percent of what they were because they've really embraced this. Um, and then I've talked to some who are like, we're just closed. We're not even talking to our customers. And it, but they're still out there, you know? And, and personally, just yesterday, I was looking at some vehicles uh, online and I reached out to three dealerships uh, about the same car, but one was in Brampton, one was in London. And the only one that got back to me was actually ended up, and I'll give them, them a shout out, was Alfa Romeo London. And they replied, nobody else even called me or emailed me back. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity. It's funny because John, I'm actually in market myself as well. You know, um, I have to switch up my vehicle every couple of years because the amount of mileage I put out in, I have a almost 200 K on my maximum now, even though I've only had it for about two and a, two, a little over two years. But you know, like I, the same thing, like I, there's a couple, you know, I was looking at a, a some pre-owned like Jag XJ's like I've reached out to a few people. I've like, it's, just total silence. I, I actually reached out to five used car dealerships and not a single one of them's got back to me and it's been three days from now. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, but you know, actually one of the points I wanted to bring up, John was, you know, you're finding right now a increase in productivity by, because this time frame has changed your business model. You know, you're, you know, like myself, I was on the road a lot too. You know, now I'm, you know, coming back out of this, I'm really going to question like, really, do I need to spend that much time on the road? Like I think, for, and this goes into our clients and our dealerships and I'm sure Christine, you're feeling this as well. It's like, you know, does, is, do we go back to the exact same model of business that we had before? I mean, I've talked to a handful, well, a handful of dealerships just this morning. I had one actually tell me that they're actually going to have the most profitable month 
they've ever had in April. And it's because they're doing a lot with a little. And I hate to say it, maybe I'm wrong, but it's like, is that a direction we could possibly heading, you know, heading towards? Christine, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I'd like to see everybody get back to work. And obviously I've been in touch with a lot of salespeople and a lot of people in the industry, particularly young women uh, who I mentor a few to help them along their way and navigate the choppy waters of uh, getting into automotive and choosing automotive as a career. I know that most people are fairly anxious to get back to work. So, but I can understand uh, the dealerships having better success with buying, buying and selling virtually. What my area of expertise is, comes from is, so you've now you've sold the car and you've delivered the car to the driveway. Now, how do we retain those customers back into the service department, which is where I think my niche will come into play once things sort of level a bit. We've got to get cars over the curb and then we can concentrate on the next stage, which I think where is where my level of expertise is going to be. I was just speaking to someone about this today. A lady down the street from me bought a vehicle and they were delivered it virtually, right? She bought it online. It was dropped off for her in the driveway. She's thrilled with it, but nobody taught her how to work it. So she called me and could I come down and help her hook up her Bluetooth? And she didn't know how to set up her uh, Apple CarPlay and she didn't know how to do this and she didn't know how to do that. So nobody's educated her now. Okay, so you bought the car from us, thank you. Even if they had done a delivery with her, nobody's introduced her to the service department. So I'm thinking that's where my company will be able to parlay something for the stores. But um, I think that it's great to hear that people are still selling vehicles. And there's obviously a lot of great incentives on right now. So if you're in the market, and apparently if you can get someone to respond to you, now is a great time to buy a car. Well, actually, that's actually kind of the, a, a unique point there. Like, you know, um, before this all happened, you know, the handoff was always, I would say, you know, either a dealership strength or weakness. You know, um, how do they hand it off from one department to the other? How do they kind of create that and nourish that relationship? You know, um, right now we're, we're forced to create this kind of virtual experience. And, you know, to your point, Christine, that's probably an area that we've missed. You know, we, we've missed like, how do you do the virtual handoff? Okay, cool. I think a lot of dealerships are, and John, you can probably attest to this as well. A lot of dealerships have kind of grasped the concept of how to kind of virtually sell a car. But it's like, how do they kind of virtually hand off, you know, that relationship from the sales department to the service department? Um, you know, John, what are you seeing on, kind of on your side right now? Like, you know, service to, you know, sales type engagements and what are the conversations between those departments? Well, I can speak to delivery a little bit first too um, on that because it's kind of interesting and, and I'd say probably 2% of dealers are doing this well right now. There's a huge opportunity of it on the virtual delivery. Like, yeah, super cool that you can drop a car in my driveway to test drive. I love that. Um, and, you know, they'll show me that they're using Lysol wipes on the steering wheel and whatever and then let me drive it. Um, on the delivery side though, yeah, when somebody buys it, the, what, what uh, we were asked to add in um, a live video feature. Right. And this is something that now dealers can use. And literally you can say, great. So you've got your car. As soon as you get it, click here and you're literally, you know, video chatting with me um, like we are now, but on your phone. So then I can be taken through the car and shown all the little features, how to set it up, you know, in, in real time. So you can kind of make that personalized concierge experience. Um, I guess from a perspective of service, though, I think that is. So that's scary. actually cool. So it's a virtual delivery process. Yeah, like, yeah, and like, it's, but the problem is not how many, how many dealerships are even doing that though. 
very, very few. So we've had, uh, like I would say in our portfolio, there's probably less than 50 in the whole country that are utilizing all of these things. You wow. know, they have them, but they're just afraid to use them. They, they, they don't really know what to do. Um, so I'm, you know, that's what a lot of my team's doing now is just trying to educate the dealers. Like, did you know you had a video feature? Did you know that you could do this right now? You're already paying for it. Um, why don't, like, why don't you turn it on? And so there's a lot of cool stuff there. Um, you know, I think there is definitely a disconnect though between uh, the sales and the service side right now. I don't, I don't think that, yeah, just, just as, as Christine said, I don't think that there is a proper handoff. Yeah. Christine, yeah, so what, what do you, what do you think about the virtual delivery? Right. That's going to be my focus next. So that's where we'll have to go to next is that we'll be able to offer it for specifically for model or manufacturer. And it also would be nice to tailor that particular delivery to that particular store. See, because a Toyota is a Toyota is a Toyota. But if you buy one from Stouffville or if you buy one from uh, Russell in Peterborough, those two stores may have different specifications for their service departments. So we'll be looking at that too as we're expanding. But I really am, my first priority is to hopefully get back into the stores. I gotta be honest with you. The contact and the relationship that I've built with my stores is what's kept us going all these years. Christine, do you see more of like a, a virtual, you know, know your car night type setup where it's like, where it's like, you're still in the dealership doing it, you know, but instead of having, you know, the 20, 30, 40 people show up, it's just now you and a camera yeah, and you're live streaming it to a couple hundred people. Yeah, that's definitely an option. And that'll be something that we're looking at going forward. Um, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. All right, because I wouldn't, uh, I don't want to do video if I can avoid it. And I have a team, right? I have a team of wonderful women that visit these stores as other car ladies. And, um, you know, I would not want to uh, cut their legs from under them, but I, I, I have to be able to adapt with the times. I told somebody uh, last week that I'm the cockroach of the car business. You can't kill me. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's funny. I've actually been called the same thing. And I'm so glad that there's someone else out there that has been called the cockroach of the car business. Like <laughs> we just adapt, right? You drop a bomb on us. It doesn't matter. We will just, we'll change and we'll adapt. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit. I want to get your kinds of thoughts and opinions as far as like how you see, you know, um, the new norm kind of coming out of this. I look, I, at some point in time, and I'm not going to pretend when it could be, you know, 2 p.m. on June 23rd, like, I don't, I don't know, I'm just making a date up or July 16th or whatever, you know, the government's going to come out and say, okay, it's time, you know, like little golfers, we can pop our heads out of the hole and go, oh, is it time to come out of our cave? Can we come out of our cave? You know, and it's like, we're going to come out of the cave. We're going to be, you know, we're going to say, okay, you can go into the showroom. We can walk into a service department and so on and so forth, you know, but I think as a, as a society, we've gotten used to, you know, some different ways to actually connect and transact with people. You know, we were talking a bit, little bit about this off camera before we started. I can never imagine myself going back into a grocery store. You know, I was just being able just to go, you know, do, 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 and, you know, on my phone and just being able to show up and open up the hatch and they drop it off and I, I drive off. Like that level of productivity is huge. And I, I think, and I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this, but personally, you know, I think that that's going to be kind of a, a norm now is just, you know, at least giving the option to the customer to choose how they service or choose how they sell, what they purchase from us. It's not going to be singular, but Christine, I'll start with you. You know, how do you see the new norm for our industry kind of developing out? 
Well, the option to purchase vehicles online and to do a lot of things virtually has been around for a very long time. We've just had to take that up to the next level, obviously, to keep the industry moving and to keep people employed. But it's interesting, the comment that you made about how you wouldn't want to go into the grocery store because you don't need to. The same thing can be said, though, also about all this ride sharing. Would you get into an Uber right now? Well, that's a perfect point. Like, really, like, I mean, let's say June 23rd comes by and you're, would you jump back in a car? Are you getting in a car with a bunch of strangers or are you going would to you get, get in a, a bus? Train? Would you jump on a train? You know, would you do any of that? So this actually, there's a twofold part to this, right? If mm-hmm. we ride the wave and hopefully on, on July, what did we say? June 23rd at 2 PM, we can all get back out of our caves. <laughs> I'm just making it up. Yeah. It's going to be an opportunity for the car business to, to reach out to a market that they never thought they'd get. <laughs> There's going to be an opportunity for them to sell vehicles to a market they never thought they'd get. Particularly the millennial, of course, we know they prefer to buy online. And John, you're the expert here on that. But a lot of them in urban centers never even purchased a vehicle. I have a brother who's 53 years old. He's never owned a car because he lives downtown Toronto. Why would he ever need one? But the fact of the matter is, is that you may not want to use the same public transportation options and we may end up selling more vehicles out of it. I think we're going to see a resurgence in like small sedans. Like, you know, like, I mean, how many Nissan Sentras were really sold last year? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I think we're going to see a resurgence in that of kind of that inexpensive kind of economy style vehicle. You know, it's like, why spend the $300 a month in, in public transit when I can, you know, taking the train and bus and everything else and, and, and share or ride share programs when I can just, lease a car for 300 bucks a month. John, your, your thoughts? Do quite, yeah, sorry. I think the used market is going to do quite well after this too, because you Good know, point. it will be, I, I know lots of people in some bigger cities, you know, Toronto, Calgary, Montreal, things like that. They're using, um, you know, they use those car share services where they rent the car with a, whether they have a membership or whatever it is. Right. But yeah, then you get in that car and you just know somebody else was just in there touching everything. I feel like there's a lot of people aren't going to like that anymore. Yep. There you go. Right. And it lives on the surface for 72 hours. Well, and you know, those companies aren't going to be sending out sanitizing crews for all their cars in the streets. So to me, I think that's a big op for a used market where somebody's going to want to get into a car, you know, the $10,000 mark and say, you know, I can, I can afford this, I'm gonna buy it, and I'm gonna stop doing those sharing things. So okay. that's definitely a possibility. And then I think customers, um, you know, to your earlier point on how they're gonna buy, uh, some are still gonna be going back to the showrooms, of course. You know, there's a lot of beautiful showrooms. There's also, you know, it is the best way to experience a car if you're not, you know, somebody that knows all the cars already. Um, and you have to drive it at some point. But I think there's gonna be, I don't think that dealers are going to ever hire back all of their staff, number one. I think that they're going to have leaner sales teams and, you know, I've been on some other calls with, with dealerships and they're talking about hybrid roles now where a sales manager is also a finance manager uh, and they're, they're kind of doing more things. And, you know, but I think customers are ready to some buy things from home more now. And I would, I would guess the number I'll throw out is maybe 30% of people are going to stay doing things remotely and will be you know, willing to buy their car fully remotely, but you're still gonna have maybe 70% in the dealer. That'd be my I'm with I'm with you, John. Like I mean, I, I think for anybody out there that's listening, watching right now and thinks that, you know, when that day time comes when we're able to pop our head out of our caves, that everything goes back to normal. That's just not true. You know, this is this is a lot different than the recession. The recession was an ec- an economics breakdown. This is a, a social implosion 
of just how we want to interact with, you know, businesses and others kind of in general. You know, uh, to your point, John, I actually was on a call this morning with a dealership right now who's training their salespeople and service advisors to be one of the same which I actually think is phenomenal. Um, you know, I mean, I, if you think about it, it's like, I've always kind of thought it was weird that just like, let me create this relationship and sell you this, this 40, 50, $60,000 purchase. And then let me just hand you off to somebody else. And they're the ones that are going to be, they're going to walk you through and ensure that you're servicing the vehicle and that it's maintained properly. So it's like now the service advisor and salesperson is all, all in the same. So the person that you start the relationship with, with is the person that you continue the relationship with. Like, I think that's pretty smart. Christine, what are your thoughts on that? Catching me off guard. Um, That's what I like to do. <laughs> yeah. Geez, what are my thoughts about that? What do you think of salespeople being service advisors? It sounds like a great idea. <laughs> it, so- it sounds like a great idea, right? But I, I'm not sure how that's going to execute. There's just so much to know in the service department that if you, by the time you, I mean, we spent, we've spent the last X number of years, both of us in our careers, you've been particular, training people how to sell. And now we expect them to know about service, right? So I think that's, I think that's a lot of, of quite a way out. I don't, I, I don't see it happening in the near future, but I, maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. Well, no, that's a good point. I mean, like, look, I mean, but I've met some amazing service advisors. Like, could I teach some good service advisors to sell cars? Hell yeah, I probably could. You know, in fact, then they have such good relationships with the customers that are already coming in for service. Like, I feel like I could probably grab some low hanging fruit there real quick. I think what it is in general, is just we're having to kind of rethink it. I mean, John, I'm sure you're probably seeing this too on the internet department and sales department. You know, like there, for a lot of dealerships, they were kind of separated, right? Like, you know, internet leads were kind of traded as kind of these third class citizens, <laughs> like, you know, like, like we, well, you know, if they come into the dealership, you know, that's my, that's my priority. And if they call, yeah, I'm going to spend a little time. Oh gosh, <laughs> those internet leads. I mean, you know, I mean, all they care about is price. I don't really want to talk to them, it, you know, but that's not the case now. Every single customer is an internet lead. It, it, there's no separation. That's kind of a fundamental shift in the past where we had these, we had these internet departments and then we had the sales department. I think moving forward, do we really need to have these two different departments? John, what's your thoughts on that? No, I, I'm kind of for combining this stuff now. Yeah. You're going to need a special type of employee. Not everybody's going to be able to do it. You know? Um, you, you're, so I don't know, maybe you have a few people that are these hybrids and, and maybe some that aren't because they can't quite do it. I don't think you're going to be able to hire everybody that can be a hybrid. But they've done it in other industries. I, you know, one that, that I thought was very cool, some of the southern states have combined these emergency service workers where they're literally a cop, a paramedic, and a firefighter. And it just depends, and they're trained in all of them. And so they're just an emergency oh, cool. worker. And I thought that was kind of cool. But similar to this, um, you know, there are cross-functional things. Um, one of the things that, that I like to see going from service to sales again is you know, the, the appraisal thing, right? So when the vehicle is mm. sitting there getting serviced, well, hey, why don't I go ahead and get, and then, you know, right now it's involving another department. So let me go get the, uh, you know, used car manager to come appraise that vehicle, see what it's worth, maybe get you in something new, right? So that's a great thing, but what's the incentive for the service advisor to make that call, right? Right now, nothing. Almost every dealer that I know does that. It's just hopefully the, the sales manager or the used manager gets along with the service advisor and it's a, it's a, it's a favor, but maybe start incenting them somehow. And if you had this hybrid role, they would be incented. 
So. Well, there are some dealerships that I know of where there is actually someone in the service department from the sales department. So they're actually a salesperson who've now been set up to. Reach so is, is it like a middleman, Christine? Like someone that kind of sits in between? Is it like a middleman? Like someone that yes. kind of sits in between them? Essentially, yes. So that role has already been created in some stores that I work with where they're actually in the dealership. They know who's coming in, they know what they're driving. They talk to the customer after maybe an appraisal has, or after a repair order has been created or whatever issues there are, and it has options ready for that customer. So there's actually a person, it's not an advisor, but an actual person, it's a job where that person is in charge of knowing who's coming in, what they're driving, what they could put them into for the next one, right? So if I pull you out of this lease early, put you back on the same car early. So that's already sort of been established. I think that role would be a great development piece. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, and, and I think that's what's gonna happen is that during times like this, this is what happens. You know, it's like we, it's, it's like we're forced to really deep dive into our operations and, and now I'm not necessarily questioning in a negative way, but just see, you know, how, how productive are we? You know, I mean, is it productive for a customer to have to deal with four different people to purchase a car, you know, from BDC to the salesperson, to the sales manager, to the F&I manager, do I really need four different touch points? And, and not only that, does the customer even want that many touch points to really purchase a car. You know, like it's like everything right now has become so frictionless. You know, me going out and buying groceries has become frictionless, right? You know, me, um, you know. It's also become relationshipless. Well, but okay, so that's a good point. Let's talk a little bit about that because I've actually had dealerships tell me right now that they, that the sales that they're doing, the servicing they're doing, they're actually connecting deeper than they've ever have in the past. And, and John, I'll get your thoughts on this because I think this is kind of up your alley with the, live, with the live video, is that when you're having to engage with someone on this type of device, um, I have dealerships telling me that their customers, the level of like hyper-attention is like really, really, really high. You know, it's like when someone's at the, at the dealership and you're talking to them, you have to excuse yourself. They go, they go do one of these, you know, and it doesn't seem to be all there, but like when you're live chatting someone, you know, and you have this device up in front of you and you're talking to them, you know, it's like, it's like you're so connected. So, you know, to your point, you know, uh, Christine, how do you guys both feel about creating a virtual connection versus a physical connection? John, I'm going to start with you. And then Christine, I'll ask you the same question. I might be a little bit biased on this, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, and I can say, so not the vehicle that I was talking about trying to purchase yesterday, um, but another vehicle that I did purchase online. Hey, by, hey, by the way, by the way, what, 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 which alpha were you looking at? I'm, I'm, you got me curious now. The Stelvio. Nice. That's a cool one. So my wife is in a sedan now and she wants to go back to an SUV. And I looked at that and I thought for the value, it's a great value vehicle from what I can tell. So, um, but yeah, I digress. So, uh, I bought another vehicle or ordered another vehicle about four months ago. And right when it was about to be built, they closed down the factories. And so I'm waiting now. Apparently they reopen on May 7th. So maybe I'll get it this summer. But um, I bought that one entirely online and I was communicating with the dealer over WhatsApp. What I found really cool about that was that I actually did, you know, randomly have questions and it would maybe be 1030 at night. Maybe I had had a couple beers, maybe I had a glass of wine. And I was like, you know what? Hey, hey John, real quick. I'm just curious on the WhatsApp thing. Um, it, now, did you tell the dealership you wanted to communicate that way? Or did the dealership give you, tell you that you can communicate with them that way? 
So they had the option on their website to communicate that way. And I chose it right away. As soon as I saw the icon, I'm like, yes, I love using that. So I was like, boom. And that's how I started the communication. Now, funny, they did say right away, they said, great. So can we just call you? And I said, nope, I'm not going to answer, but you can keep talking to me on here. And then, uh, you know, uh, I did buy the car through that whole process. And they were even able, like they sent me in WhatsApp, a PDF to fill out the uh, paperwork. Like literally, then I just transferred that to my computer and printed it. And um, if you could have done DocuSign, I would have. But um, it was, it did create a really personal relationship for me because I was able to message back and forth with this guy anytime. And like, literally he was answering me 1030 on a Saturday. And he's like, Oh yeah, you know what, John, it does have that. And the CarPlay thing works like this. And I was like, well, that's cool. Does it charge when it's sitting there? And he's like, yes, it's got a charge stand. I was like, that's awesome. Okay, thanks. And it was like, that's it. And then three days later, I was like, Hey, another question. And I didn't feel, you know, like I was imposing where if you're calling somebody, it's kind of, I always feel like I'm imposing or, or, you know, they might be busy or you call the dealer and they're with another customer. This is like, send him a message. He might answer me in five minutes. You might answer me in an hour, but whatever. We're still keeping that dialogue going forever. And it's the same one that I have with my friends and family. So. And the cool thing is you can, you can kind of revisit that conversation whenever you feel like, you know, like it's, it's like the conversation doesn't end. It's like, you can, you can ask the question and then it's, you know, you, they can take the time, answer it. And then you can always reopen the conversation to add, to ask another question. So yeah, I, I do believe that I think we can make a, a stronger, even like John, did you not feel like maybe that was a quicker connection? Like were you well, chatting yeah. with them more regularly, you know, because it was so easy oh, and frictionless to be able to do so? Yeah, way more often, but not for long periods of time, right? Again, if I was to call somebody, that call I know is going to take a half an hour at least. This was like, I have just a thought. I just want to ask it. I don't want to, you know, impede on them. I don't want my time wasted. I just like that. Just want to send these snippets back and forth. And I think, you know, that there's, t- there's a, a place for that. I don't think it's everybody. Right. Um, I can tell you that my father, who is just about to turn 70, no world is he going to buy a car like that. Um, and he hates texting. He does, but he hates it. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll walk into a dealer. He'll make a phone call and he'll be on the phone for an hour and a half. Uh, but that's that's his preference. <laughs> hey, Christine, for yourself, you know, what are your kind of thoughts on, you know, creating, you know, a virtual connection versus a physical connection? I think uh, to John's point that there's always going to be people in our in our segment who don't want the virtual aspect. They do want that relationship. They do want to go to the store. They know the owner. They know the salesperson. Um, they build a relationship. They feel like they're heard, understood, recognized. And there's some who just want the virtual experience. My 22-year-old daughter just purchased a vehicle in November. Um, all completely online. She didn't go into the store, she, but she went to the dealership to take delivery of the vehicle, but she never, uh, the whole purchase was done online. Now the delivery was done very well, but um, of course she's, she maybe has a little helping hand along the way. Um, I think that there's still a place for that relationship. I have to believe that because that's what I've built my business on, right? People want to come to the store, they have for the last 23 years to be, to be thanked for their purchase, to have a special event just for them. I think that there's still space for one-on-one communication to answer questions for people live. Um, I think it can be a hybrid of both for what you and John are doing as well as as the space where you're going back into the store. The dealerships are gonna remain um, 
their, their brick and mortar locations, but there is going to be a shift in the way that some of the people do business, but we've seen that. Yeah, I would agree with that totally that you, we, you know, the dealers need to adapt to do both models because yeah. half the customers want to do it one way, half the customers another way, and then they just have to adapt to do both. And both of those people then need that sales to service handoff, right? Yeah. So it's a win-win um, for me, luckily. But the fact of the matter is, is that more people like yourself buying things online, I think that will continue, but we knew that. Um, I think the F&I process could be a little smoother. The, still the number one question I get at the Know Your Car Night events after the sale is about some F&I products. People who didn't take advantage of it when they, took, when they purchased the vehicle because they get into the office and they're either too excited or they just don't want to buy another darn thing. Um, I think there's some opportunity there to, for some fine tuning with that. But uh, I, to your point, I think that there is going to be a hybrid of both. You, you know, it's funny that you say that because, you know, I've uh, just got doing actually a, a training session kind of with a handful of F&I managers and uh, we're actually seeing higher uh, dollars per transaction right now than we have in the past. And the F&I managers are telling me that the customer feels a little more slowed down. You know, like they, they, they kind of see this as kind of like, it's like, okay, all right, I, I've done the purchase of the vehicle. I did that virtually. I did a lot of chatting, you know, with this device, you know, okay, then, then the F&I manager goes over and does their options and does it through Zoom and presents the different packages and the different services. And they're saying like customers are engaging. Like they, they seem like when they were in person, there was, they were a bit of like maybe kind of closed off and kind of like, I don't want to really want to talk to you right now. If I, if I have to talk to you, I guess I'll listen to you. But now I get a, the feedback I'm getting from a, a bunch of F&I managers is that virtually people are engaging higher right now. And I think overall people are just virtually engaging higher. I mean, John, like, what are you seeing right now? I mean, increase in chats and online engagements must be through the roof. No, it, they are. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Um, so we actually had, um, and the automotive side, a bit of a lull in, you know, we start to see in February, the, the messaging went down a bit, not a lot, but around 20, 25% maybe. Um, and it continued through the first three weeks of March. And then as soon as we got into April, it spiked. And I'm not talking like increase of 20%. I'm talking a 300% increase in digital messaging. And we've seen that now hold for the last two weeks straight or three weeks straight now. Um, so it's, it's pretty impressive what's happening. It, like, it's to the point where we had to very, very quickly deploy several million dollars of additional servers so that we could keep up with the actual uh, software working. Like it's been, and, and our, our um, backup call center that you know, we answer chats for dealers when they can't, um, that they're operating, everybody's on overtime, everybody's you know, laid off zero people, they're flooded with, with messages and uh, the lead conversions are a bit higher than they normally would. Um, average messaging converts to a lead at around 48, 52%, something like that, depending on the dealer. We're seeing that also is now hovering about 62%, which is meaning customers are giving their information more freely right now. And you know, um, it's, it's been very interesting. Well, I think right now, I mean, like we're, the, the, the dealerships that are going to over communicate and do the best at over communicating to the customers, because I think the customer's ears are open. Like they're willing to listen to everything. You know I mean? If for, even from virtual communication efforts in the service department, I mean, we saw dealerships even before this all happened, dealerships out there that were consistently, you know, 
capturing video about, you know, the tire wear on clients' cars and the disc brakes being low and being able to visually send that to a customer and say, hey, look, this is what I'm looking at. This is how much it's going to cost. We see the closing rates on those types of ROs, you know, that are 30, 40, 50% higher than ones that we were trying to communicate just person to person. So I, I think at the end of the day, you know, to both your guys' points, right, we're going to have to craft out multiple processes. It's not like in the sense where we go back where it was like there was one way to service a car from us. There was one way to buy a car from us. I mean, I think a lot of dealerships right now need to spend the time, all right, and fair amount of them have the time, <laughs> you know, to define what are the three or four ways can someone service a car with me? What are the three or four ways someone can buy a car from me? Um, I actually am getting my vehicle serviced next week. And the dealership, that, the local dealership that I'm servicing with offered to, you know, for an additional charge to pick up my car. And, you know, they walked me through the whole process of how they're going to sanitize it and everything like that. And I'm like, yes, I will pay the extra 30 bucks for you to do that. Yeah. What was that, Christine? I'm saying valet services have been around for a little while, which is yeah. great right, for the busy person. I just wanted to make the point that I understand that numbers are up, obviously, in the virtual side, right? So as, to, as John was saying, you know, the responses of people on chatting and the people, um, I mean, I don't think they had anywhere to go but up during this time, right? There's a point to be made for that, yeah. that because you can't go to the store, you can't go into the dealership. There's no other way to communicate with a store. Those numbers had nowhere to go but up. I just hope that there's an opportunity um, for, for every store to realize that there is a space for that, that the old model, what you're saying exactly right, it can't just be sitting in the showroom waiting for up. We've always said that if you stood in the showroom and waited for an up, you'd starve to death. Yeah. Now there's going to be a connection for both sides to be set, but I just wanted to make the point that everybody's home. So everybody's got time to be. No, look, I, th I think these, I think these are some actually um, some exciting times. I look, I know there's a lot of bad things going on. So I, I want to say that with a grain of salt, you know, but I, I think businesses have to look at this time as either an expense, an expense or an opportunity to invest. And I think if the dealerships out there that invest the time to carve out what these new processes are going to look like and really get customer centric in their efforts are going to really win coming out of this. And Christine, you had mentioned it earlier. There is going to be a whole new like wave of car buyers that are going to be coming into the industry that we haven't ever had in the past. The bottom line is if you were shopping for a car and John, to your point, you were shopping for a car before this all happened. Look, you're still shopping. <laughs> like, yeah. it, you know, 2021, we're actually bringing out a new program. Um, so we'll do the know your car night. We'll continue with that. We'll do the women at the wheel, but we're actually going to bring out a new buyer's program. So we're actually going to start a program. We'll either do it. We haven't decided if it's going to be virtual or in store, depending how times turn out right? We're all in a wait and see process, but we're going to actually have a program where you can come to any store and learn what it means to buy the car. So if you want to learn more about financing or leasing or incentives or graduation programs or any of those types of things for new buyers, new Canadians, uh, people buying a car for the first time on their own. So I think that'll be an interesting program. No, I think a lot of people are going to be looking at that. And, and John, I imagine you're probably seeing, you know, those types of questions that almost indicate more of a new shopper 
you know, to, to the marketplace. Hey guys, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our time today. Um, but before we go, I, I wanted to make sure I had some time to ask my favorite question. Now, of course I prepped you both for this question before we started. All right. Um, but I'm going to ask it now and Christine Mitchell, you're going to be the first one up. I'm very curious right now. What is pissing Christine Mitchell off? I'll tell you what's pissing me off. <laughs> what's pissing me off is I've had four conversations with women that I know in the industry who've said they're not coming back. Two have said one, two have said they're not coming back because they were being harassed by a superior because they're women. And two said they weren't coming back because they weren't being promoted quick enough. So that pisses me off because I work with a lot of women and try to get more women in the industry. We talk about it all the time. We have the Women in Automotive Conference. We have Women Driven. We want to encourage more women. And it pisses me off when women don't see the opportunities that they can have in automotive, whether supported, respected, and treated as professionals. So that really pisses me off. Oh, I'm with you on that. Anytime I hear stories like that, you know, that gets under my skin and gets my blood boiling as well. Um, I will say this though, and the both of us have been in the industry for a long time. I hear less, there's still, I hear stories, but not as many as I did, you know, a decade. No, um, I agree, but it's just, it caught me on an edge, you know, when some, you hear something and it just catches you on an edge. So when you asked me the question earlier, what pisses me off? It's that kind <laughs> of nonsense that pisses me off. I'm with you. I'm totally with you on that. All right, John Arnett, I know you are just normally a very mild, even-headed guy, but I know that there's something that pisses John Arnett off. So yeah, what is know, pissing you off? Sometimes I can have a bit of a temper, but uh, I'll give you two things real quick. One personal, one uh, workplace. The workplace piece that's, that's pissing me off right now is um, the dealers that are hiding their head in the sand right now. Um, and there are a lot of them. And like we, you know, I hear this day in and day out from my team that they've talked to somebody and their dealer's like, no, you know, we're just closed. Doors are closed, not taking calls, not scheduling anything. I said, okay, great. So in a month or whatever that magic date is, when you reopen, what's your pipeline? Is it $0? Well, that's insanity. Like, why would you not be nurturing the customers remotely, whether it's on a phone, whether it's a video, whether it's messaging chat, it's, there's a million ways to do it but why would you not still nurture that? And you know, your, yeah, and your staff's at home or whatever it is, they can do that from home. It doesn't matter. You know, you can have a couple people that are just doing that. So that's my industry um, upset thing right now. Personally, it's people not understanding what the social distancing or cleanliness stuff is. I was in the grocery store, which I didn't <laughs> yeah. want to do, but I couldn't get a slot for another week and my kids had to eat. So I went to the grocery store I wore gloves and uh, no, not a mask, but I wore gloves and I made sure that, you know, I was staying away. A guy in front of me, about 65, uh, I would guess, he was wearing rubber gloves, touching a million things. He walked out, still wearing his rubber gloves that have touched a couple hundred things in the store, pulled out a cigarette, put it in his mouth that he had, well, he's still with the gloves, lit it. And I'm just like, oh my God. So just, yeah. And I've seen it more than once, people doing that, or they, you know, they got their gloves on in the store and they pull down their mask and put their cell phone on their face and they're rubbing everything around. And it's like, stop, you know? Uh, I, I hear you on that, man. There's, there, I've definitely seen some people that are very questionable as far as their understanding, um, just general social distancing and just trying to not touch 1500 things, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I, 
<laughs> that's a good one. I like that one, John. <laughs> hey, um, but, but before we sign off, guys, uh, for everyone out there that's watching and listening right now, we thank you. And um, if, you would if you would like to connect with either one of these two fine people, um, what is the best way to connect with you? Christine, I'll start with you. What is the best way to connect with you? The best way to connect with me is through any of my social media channels. So on Instagram and on Facebook, you can find me at the car lady Canada. And you can also connect with me through my website, thecarlady.ca. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, John, for yourself, what is the best way for someone to connect with you, sir? Um, yeah. So probably um, email is always good um, for that. Uh, I don't like to just put my personal cell phone up online necessarily but once you uh, once i figure out who you are i'll text back with you and we'll do it over messaging um but uh, my email is J yeah john does john doesn't like actually talking to people in person no, just, just, you just want to text and message yeah that's right <laughs> so it's j-a-r-n-e-t-t -T at liveperson.com all one word or you can just go to our website livepersonautomotive.ca or liveperson.com uh, any of those will work and you can ask to be uh, connected to me Awesome. I hey. Before I came on the show, John, I thought it was great. It was really, really great. Yeah, we just redid it about uh, four months ago. It is ago. a cool design. Yeah, very good. Very cool. <laughs> it is. Hey, hey, thanks again, guys, for taking the time to jam with me today. This has been a lot of fun. You guys have yourself a wonderful day. Thanks, you too.